0: The Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for clothes only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. That's number
1: 146, hard to and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, boom! Find your way, swim your way to Texas. Southeast corner of Texas is Houston. Southwest side is Sugarland, and based out of that area is where we are. We're, of course, at various uh, locations because we are in the middle of the COVID-19 crisis. So most of us are working at home, just like many of you. And so we're glad that you tuned in. Just wanted to let you know, we're not pastors, we're just regular guys, each of us on this individual faith-based journey. So we're so glad that you joined us. And what we're going to do is we basically go, uh, each of us, uh, we mute our phone when we're not on, so we don't have this uh, additional uh, background noise. But we are called in to this teleconferencing, and we go over a ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, basically Sunday school lesson. And what we do is we update it. And apply it and give it a man spin. And, you know, in this difficult time, I was just reflecting on, because we're finishing our first three full years that we've been doing the Man Up podcast. And I was thinking that, yes, uh, we have been through major crises before. Just a couple of years ago, uh, we had Hurricane Harvey, where 30% of the city was underwater. We were battling contaminated water infectious diseases, uh, mold. Many of us were displaced from our homes. But not only that, but we also uh, have each gone through personal crisis. If you've been with us, uh, some of us have been in accidents. We've had surgeries. We've been displaced from our jobs. We've had parents that have passed we've been displaced from our homes. And each of those have taken a personal toll on us. And so before I get into getting a basic overview from the panel, I'd like also for them to share something that they've learned from each of these crises, whether it was the community one where Hurricane Harvey that we went through, or their own personal crisis that they've went through. And just want to introduce the panel we have here. Of course, great bunch of guys. Uh, He's a world-class policy writer uh, and a bit of a gambler. Mr. Steve Titch is with us. We have Mr. Michael Cropper, he's an attorney. He's also a prosecutor, so we could throw you uh, in the clink, or, or he could uh, defend you. You betcha. Also, yeah, that's right. Betcha. And uh, working from home for, for a uh, Fortune 100 company, he's a world class trainer. Mr. Robert Koshu is here. And we also have Deacon Kyle. He's joined us as well. So, and with that, my name is Bill Cox, and I'm basically a contractor, but I'm also a uh, director, been a writer and actor and i'm the director of man up spiritual oasis and just a couple of things that before we get into the lesson about crises that i was thinking about and yes and not only did i go through the uh uh, the hurricane harvey i wasn't displaced from my uh from my job or um my home but i have dealt with surgeries the passing of my parents and some of the things that I learned that I just wanted to share with you men out there, um, leaders are looked through, looked to in times of crises when things are going well, they, people don't typically look for a leader. And now is the time that I'm sure that you are being, that are, you're, you're being looked at. And a couple of things that I would like that I have learned from these crises is it, it will all work out. It may just not work out the way you think. And that would be number one. And number two, when things get back to normal and you reflect back on it, it may not be the normal that you expected. And then the final thing that I would just like to, um, uh, to bring to the group and, and hope that you get is that if you accept uncertainty and, and as fact you'll be less surprised by this kind of thing coming up and I think as I've gotten older and having surgeries and, and the passing of my parents and, and going through Harvey and now with this COVID-19 thing the the less that I'm shocked, the easier it is for me to accept what will come next. And I'm absolutely certain something will come next. And and with that, we're gonna go around the room and just uh let some of the fellows share what they have learned from the different crises. And we'll start with Mr. Steve Titch.
2: Thanks. I guess my big crises, uh, in addition to Harvey, which we, we were evacu- evacuated for, uh, for a week or so, uh, was right after that, kind of as part of that, when I was up in the attic trying to basically de- temporarily deal with a leak, uh, I fell through the attic floor, which was the ceiling of my home and fell two stories to the kitchen floor. And my takeaway in that was that their their miracles happened, because uh, a a foot either way um, and I would have been seriously injured, possibly killed, possibly crippled for life. As it is, I got out with a broken leg, uh, shattered elbow, uh, a bit of a fracture in my my face, uh, all of which has pretty much been repaired and i'm i'm back to normal i can't run uh five ks and ten ks like I used to, but i can walk i there's 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 certainly i've been more than blessed and the takeaways on that is it's amazing to see the church respond. Um, that you have friends you don't know, friends you may never have met. It's uh, And that was, there, there was a, a coalescing or a, of my faith around that. Um, yeah, and and it, it definitely made it stronger. Um, that, and applied to this, this current COVID-19 situation, which truly is unprecedented, uh, there's been nothing like this in my life. However, I also can say, like you know, I've been around the block a few times. I, I remember uh, 9-11 when pretty much the nation came to a stop for about a week. And that was a week. Um, this is going to be maybe four, five, six weeks and maybe longer. Um, but it's kind of, you know, after, after you go through a few of these things, you begin to realize it's not going to be the end of the world. Uh, it's not going to be a disaster that everyone you know, everyone thinks it should be. I, I, I maybe, maybe we'll come back to this later because it does play into some of the things I want to talk about with today's reading. But in some, and, and I thank all the listeners who have been with us for these three years, because you've been through a lot of our, our life changes. And, and um, certainly, certainly my, my accident was a big one. Uh, so what I've come away from is that there are, there is a church uh, you can count on and miracles happen. And, you know, the Lord's looking out
1: for you. Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper, the judge. Yeah, Bill,
3: uh, they I, I think the surprising thing for me, I cannot say that I've been in a terrible crisis. I, I broke my leg when I was 10 years old, but I don't know that I've been in any really personal crisis other than getting laid off. Because before I became an attorney, I did I worked in construction for 10 years, did remodeling, all sorts of stuff. And it's an up and down industry. And Bill, you know this. You can have feast or famine in a matter of a few months. Uh, So I can remember being many times saving money and then having to uh, get laid off for a month or two and having to use savings and things like that. And and what you have to do, I guess, is always pray and ask the Lord to guide you on what to do next. Uh, The two things that I did not take seriously, though, which uh, Steve and you both mentioned, were Hurricane Harvey. Uh, We watched for, for years and years. I grew up in the heights in the city of Houston. And I've seen many hurricanes come, uh, lately the last out of the last two or three, there's only been really maybe five seriously that hit here, hit Houston. Most of the times the weathermen don't get it right. They just don't get it. Right. They either miss us or they turn out to be smaller than they predict, or especially in the last year, the storms have been a lot less prevalent than what they predict. Um, so I was really shocked when Hurricane Harvey was exactly what they predicted. Um, I did not get flooded; in my house, didn't I know so many people that did. Uh, as Steve said, they were moved out of his area for a week or so. Uh, I know Kyle has been flooded before in his home. Um, I, I did not really suffer from that, but that was just a shock to me that that's really real. Now, the, the second thing, again, is a coronavirus that I... I was really surprised to see that it does seem to be uh, larger than what I ever pictured and it is exploding. Uh, I I do remember some comments though and we may not touch on this or not but I do remember something disturbing to me uh, after World War II and my dad talked about this and everything he says do you know how devastating it would be if somebody spread a virus or a germ among the world if they were trying to get back at us. And that does come come to my mind uh, slightly about the coronavirus. The thing is coming from bats. But uh, anyway, uh, yes, the 9-11 was a a serious crisis. Um, I don't know that things will ever be back to normal, like you said, Bill, but you said what, and the way you explained that is that there will be a new norm after this. Things will not be the same. Um, today's lesson is, is about Jesus speaking to the storm on the Sea of Galilee, folks. And the question there is, is how will, Christ, how will Christ and how will Jesus help us in this particular crisis? I think we've talked about that a little thus far, last week, the week before. So I'm interested in going further with that and discussing that.
1: Excellent. Deacon Kyle, uh, any crisis? Uh that you've been in and know you've had a couple and uh and what you've learned on how to handle crisis
4: uh you know actually steve uh mentioned the uh the the shattered elbow i believe his would probably be worse than than mine was uh i had a chipped elbow so i think not as severe but uh, brother i feel your pain for sure uh i was uh recently trying to You know, get back into the exercise groove and, uh, you know, some tricep dips work. But uh, a push-up is still not in my uh, immediate future. Steve, I'm not sure if you can do one of those. But a lot harder with the the elbow mess-up. You know, but we flooded... The thing that we are assured of, and actually it's spoken of in this lesson, is there will be storms in life. Um, we, we, we are definitely assured that there's going to be problems that we will have to learn how to deal with, uh, how to get around them, how to work within the constraints and confinements that we have, whether we are as we are today, not together as the, the normal dudes we are. Uh, but all virtual here. Um, It's all just a learning curve. And as long as I think we're adaptable and have an open mind, and I think we can get through anything.
1: Excellent. And uh, Professor uh, Koshu, oh, I think you might have had a couple of crises that you've lived through.
5: Oh, it's funny, Bill. You were you were sitting
1: there talking, and
5: I'm sitting there running through him and going, good Lord, uh, what a three-year run. Um, so, yeah, uh, Harvey, um, I was incredibly blessed and fortunate, didn't have to evacuate, didn't have to do anything, um, ended up having to work from home. So I'm actually going to surpass this. The time I was home after Harvey, I think tomorrow will be the new record on working from home straight for me. So I will shatter it at the end of the day, though. Um, But, you know, very, very blessed not having to really deal with a lot of extra junk with that. Um, But, yeah, after that, you know, I've had a couple of job changes. We moved my mom from her home, closed her home down, and got her moved after a pretty bad health scare. And now, of course, we're here. And I'm kind of like Mike. You know, the, this lesson in particular talks about Jesus's control of the storm. And I think one thing we always have to sit and remember and think about as we do it is that God is in control and, 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 you know, I'm going to be the first to admit it does not seem like God is in control at this moment. You know, as I was sitting there, I have a, I have a a very bad habit of watching the stock market, 17 and a half years of. Of doing that for a living, and as part of my training gig at a retirement place, and you know I was sitting there watching it last week, just plummet and going, "Oh my gosh, what and then you know I'm a data geek, and so I'm on John Hopkins site, and the World of Meter is another site I'm out, and I go out there every day and do my own analysis of the numbers that are out there. I'm weird, just you know. Don't judge me. And, you know, looking at that and and sometimes I have to sit back and remember, yes, God is in control. And it's something we have to remember, because if we don't remember it, then we do forget. And I think this is a really good lesson to really sit down and talk about, you know, how is God in control?
1: Excellent. And with that, uh, what we do in this particular podcast, just like uh, all the others, we go through a Bible scripture, and we update it, we apply it to what uh, to men, and uh, put a man's spin on it. And we use different texts, and we are going through, it's uh, a Connect 360, Miracles, the Transforming Power of Jesus – and it's put out by Baptist Way Press. Outstanding. A lot of times we use their their different uh, material, uh, and it's excellent. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go ahead and uh, read the scripture and uh, go around the to the panel and talk about this, and maybe update it and apply it to not only the situation that we are uh, in now, but also personally and you know, uh, peel it apart, just kind of like an onion. So, and with that, this is Matthew 8, 23 through 27. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We are going to drown. He replied, you of little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. When I think of this, of course I'm in awe of this particular story and the power of Jesus. And I think the difference between God and man is very simple you know the full story the old saying goes hindsight is 2020 and Jesus has that ability where we as mere mortals we see the now we can project the future but we can't see the future we can't live in the future so you can have hope hope is one thing but faith is totally different and with that going to go around uh once again and uh get the fellas input on that and we'll start with mr steve titch um to pick up what
2: robert just said uh it doesn't seem like you know where's jesus and in this story jesus is asleep now you know, the storm is on, and, and, and how, how many times in our lives do we look up, or do we look for help, and we want to wonder, hey, Jesus, God, what are you? Are you asleep at the switch or something? Look what's going on. I need your help. Um, so he's there sleeping, uh, which is uh, kind of remarkable in and of itself, and kind of it, you can relate to the apostles' experience in this. Uh, but the other part of this is that the apostles do turn to Jesus, yet Jesus rebukes them. I mean, in, in, in a way, they are already doing what perhaps uh, he's been asking so far in his teachings about coming to the Lord. They turn to Jesus because he is the leader. He, he is obviously the teacher, and they've also seen him do all these healings. So they're in the middle of the storm in the Sea of Galilee. And this, uh, they turn to Jesus, and he says, oh, ye of little faith. And a, a, why does he say that? And he's not, he's rebuking them for being afraid. And this is what kind of we've been talking about in the the first part of the podcast, is that Jesus here is calm down. I've got the situation. There, There's no need to, to run around crazy. There's no need to panic. Don't panic. I've got this. And you should know this. You should know enough by now. Jesus is saying that you shouldn't be panicking. Just, you know, wake me up. I'll take care of it. And I think that's as much as part of this lesson as it is the awe of of Jesus, you know, standing, and as we know in the painting, the painting he sent around this morning on Twitter, uh, Robert, of, of Jesus standing in the at the bow of the boat, commanding the uh, storm, commanding the sea to, to stop, which is an awesome picture and conveys the whole thing. But, but that idea of don't panic, don't be afraid, by simply, you know, that, that's, that's, half, that's a half-faith response in and of itself. That's pretty powerful stuff.
1: Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper.
3: I had mute on. I did not know I had mute on, guys. Okay, Bill. Yeah, uh, uh, Steve Points out a great thing that the author takes a lot of time explaining. He says, uh, he "Says when you get on an airplane, the first time you ride an airplane, you're probably a little bit shy about it. and You're probably a little bit scared, and you will probably react as someone who is new riding in an airplane." And he says he thinks he is. Uh, in fact, this happens to be a lady, I believe, that wrote the uh, the lesson. She says that you will respond accordingly. You can see people who are sitting on an airplane, and you can usually identify those who are new at riding an airplane uh, by the expression on their face, by the way they grip the arms on their seats, uh, by the, the, the intensity of their body language, everything like that. And, and uh, he, he takes a lot of time to explain the disciples are afraid because they have not seen Jesus control the forces of nature. Now, he has is, he is healed uh, many, many, many illnesses. He's uh, cast out demons. Um, of course, he's taught, I don't know that he's he's fed the 5,000 yet. I don't think so. That's probably one of the reasons they were a little afraid of, uh, of uh, whether or not he could handle the situation in the boat, because they're out on the water and a storm or squall comes up that can can send waves breaking over the boat that they're in and possibly sink them. So uh, the, the disciples, and, and Steve pointed this out, the disciples, after Jesus rebuked the wind and the say, first of all, they go wake him up. They say, Lord, save us. Uh, like, we're going to die. And, and, and Jesus gets up, he says, why are, Oh, you have little faith? And then he gets up to re, rebuke the wind and the waves and, they all, and the, all that calms down. And the disciples were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? for even the winds and the waves obey him. And the author points out the disciples were confused after Jesus spoke to the storm. Of course, you can follow this folks by reading the uh, the verses in the passage that Bill read for us. I'll tell you what, I'd have been confused also. If I were out there and I, uh, uh, I saw Jesus stand up and rebuke the wind and the waves. And I knew he could heal people and I knew he could uh, cast out demons, but I, I would, Probably be in shock, and awe also if I saw him stand up and tell the winds to die down, and they calmed down completely, and the storm passed over.
1: Excellent, uh, Deacon Kyle, your basic interpretation and uh, of this particular scripture.
4: Um, you know, I know how Jesus felt uh, being able to sleep through a storm. I have been able to sleep through tornadoes and hurricanes blowing over the house. Uh, I remember I was, uh, I was probably about eight or eight or so. And uh, I remember waking up the next morning and uh, they're, Oh, didn't you hear the, the freight train? You know, we lived out in the country. We lived about a half a mile from the train through a lot of trees. Um, as no, you know, no more than normal. And they were referring to a, a tornado blew right over our home. Um, it did do some devastation right down the road and, uh, you know, I was able to sleep through that. So I, I get how someone can sleep through the storm. Maybe he was really tired. Maybe he was exhausted. You know, uh, it's, it's referred that he is, you know, fully human and fully God. And so maybe it was just from the crowds from before he just passed out, needed the rest. Um, I know I can do that. So I get that aspect of the fully, fully human part. Um, you know, when they, they came to him, Jesus, uh, what they say, they, he rebuked them, in essence. You know, I'm, I'm, when I think about it myself, I think, you know, he's thinking, must I do everything? You know, why haven't you learned what you've been seeing? Couldn't you have, couldn't you have said something to the wind on your own and just take initiative? Um, anyway, uh, just some of my, my, thoughts there.
1: Dude. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, professor Koshu.
5: That's interesting. I had never thought about that. What Kyle was just talking about that. That is not something I had thought of. Um, hey, leave it to me. I hate, you know, and that's what makes this great is we all have these great perspectives. Um, I always view it as. Amen. You know, I always view it as one of those deals where understanding that God is in control. And as I was talking about, we we talked about, I actually used this first last night with our young people. We had a Zoom meeting, very similar to what we're doing here, with all of our middle school boys that I teach. And we actually sat and just talked to them a little bit about, hey, you know what? God's in control because their lives are all turned upside down. There's no sports. There's no activities there's no anything for any of them and so their 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 lives are just totally upended and you know if you're if you are a senior in high school this year you know i feel for you because you've lost your prom you're probably losing your graduation you know you're losing all kinds of things that are, that we view as markers in your life. If you were an athlete playing high school baseball or track and field or soccer, your season's over with. If you were a senior, it may be the last time you're ever going to play that sport as a member of a team and you've lost that. And and I just think the serious lesson here is in the middle of all this as we all sit and look at it and, you know, recognize that, you know, we're probably going to be socially distancing ourselves at least till the first of April, if not the middle of April till potentially the middle of May, you know, remember that God is in control and as bad as it is everywhere in the world. And as crazy as things are everywhere, just taking that pause and realizing God is in control. He's got a plan and kind of like you, Bill, we're finite, we're small, we've got this. I always think about if you're looking at that, if you're looking in math and you're looking at the line, any one point of the line is where we are. And all we can see is a little bit ahead of us and then what's behind us. God is us looking at the entire line and seeing the whole thing as he looks at it. So he sees everything that happened before and everything that's going to happen. And everything works for his plan. Whatever that plan is, you know, everything works for that plan. And I think that's really where we have to land, especially as people of faith.
3: That's very interesting, Robert, because what you said is so true. Romans eight twenty eight right? Everything works together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. But if you don't know the Lord, where where is your mind? Where does it head at this moment? Where does it head when you hear all the... Uh, I guess the pandemonium and everything that's associated with it's going out on the airways and that tends to want to put a fear in us but we have to hold on to what you said we have to believe that everything will eventually work out for good uh, if we trust the Lord well that's
2: the the one of the important things about the Bible is that it gives you a reason to listen to Things other than social media or CNN or Fox, and uh, yeah, Mike, I, I, I think the idea of I think whether they mean to or not, what gets ratings is pushing the panic buttons, or you know, oh, let's 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 go to somewhere in Ohio where someone is something horrible is happening to someone because of coronavirus, So let's let's show people who are silly enough to, uh, to get together in, in a big group. And they may, be, they may be an isolated example, but they're presented as somehow the norm. And so you're sitting there, and actually one of the best advices is people, you know, I think there are pastors pastor say it, if you're at if you're home and you've got nothing to do, don't be sitting there watching cable news, or even you know, paying too much attention to social media. I, social media can be very important in terms of getting information about right now, but don't get stuck in it because all it's going to be doing is shouting, panic, 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 do this, do this, do this, act without thinking. And, and we have this from, from top to bottom. We have this going from you know, the people running out and buying you know, toilet paper or butt. The virus isn't waterborne. People are buying gallons and gallons of water. You need that for a hurricane. I won't fault people for doing that because you might get into water problems in a hurricane. This isn't a hurricane. You're not going to have to leave. Power is going to stay on. But because people stop thinking. People, People are like the disciples in the boat going, oh, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? I'm sure... Peter's there picking up a bucket already and bailing. You know, or saying why didn't we buy? Why didn't we bring a little more buckets from from shore? Uh, we see this. Um, we and, can and hoard stock, the buckets. We have the stock market and exactly. And you're you looking at the stock market is just a, the same thing at a high level. It is oh yeah. <laughs> total. It, it is. It is. It is not. There is nothing fundamentally. And I don't know, there's nothing really. I'll I'll leave it at this, and I'll leave it at this, because these are the people on CNN and Fox. If you are in media, and all you do is fly around from city to city, week to week, all you do is eat out, stay in hotels, and go to bars, this is an economic disaster, because that's your whole world. (laughs) However, I can walk outside, and I see trains going by, I see trucks going by, I see deliveries being made. I see. I see an economy working. I see aspects of the economy working. So this is not. This is not a. a this is a bad time. I'm not going to take anything about that. And we. And to touch on what you were saying, Robert, people who are going to miss their their uh, graduations or you know their sports last sports season, their championship rounds, there are people who should be you know they they should grieve for that. That is genuine grief. My hope is that, that accommodations are made, that there are graduation ceremonies uh, that they're able to do come August or even September, that there, there's no reason to not do those. But that's, a, that's an achievement, that's something that you, you spend a whole, literally a whole school career looking forward to, your parents do. There's legitimate reasons to be sad and uh, about that. And... It, it, it is sad it is and it's not it's people shouldn't other people shouldn't take that lightly or or say get over it because it, it's really it really is an important part of those people of those young people's lives just as people's works and jobs are nonetheless you can't you're not going to accomplish anything by panicking well
4: you know excellent to, 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 sorry to 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 go your on exact and... uh, to, to your exact Thing there, Steve. You know, for for myself, when I was in high school, um, you know, I, I had a lot of stuff going on in my life. My parents were getting a divorce, and um, yeah, just a bunch of other stuff, right? And so, I, I'm a smart guy, but I, I really didn't apply myself in high school. I didn't have the um, the parental background dad was running a couple of businesses and he was out of town a lot and so it was kind of me and my sister and i did kind of what i wanted and i was stupid in school and i flunked a a class there in my senior year so i prevented myself from being able to walk at graduation and and that was devastating to myself but i only had myself to blame okay And, and i knew that and i watched all of my friends go and i sat in the stands just like everybody's family did but to for it to be taken without your own cause is the devastating part to these kids because uh, i looked forward to it i was stupid and i didn't correct early enough and most of these kids have corrected themselves and done what they needed to do, and so again, uh, huge point, but just a a part of my life that is in perfect correlation with this, uh, of what you guys are saying.
1: Excellent, and with that, we're going to go ahead and take our hard break, this is Man Up, Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men, we'll be right back.
5: You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA. It's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny. Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website W www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now back to the No Church Answers Tour and the fellows of Man Up.
1: And welcome back. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. This is podcast number 146. And I just have to call this uh, basically uh, our crisis uh, podcast because we're in the COVID-19 crisis. This is our second podcast that we're doing by... Uh, teleconferencing. So you might notice that it's a little bit different, but I I just got to think that we're getting a little bit better at it. And uh, we are in uh, the Baptist Way Press, the perfect storm, and this is the story about Jesus in the boat with the fishermen, the disciples who are experienced fishermen in a terrible storm they wake up Jesus to let him know that they're in the storm and he rebukes them for being those of such little faith. And each of us went around and talked about it. And one thing that struck me, uh, maybe a little bit different than uh, than the rest of the people and maybe some of you out there uh, listening, they must have known they had faith in Jesus. They knew that he could do something about it because if they didn't, they wouldn't awaken him. And when you think about that, that's the part of leadership and being a a man in the time of crisis. I I remember uh, myself when I was on the farm, uh, certainly not like the virus crisis, but we raised pigs and uh, cattle, and they would always work the fences. And it, there was many times when people would stop and uh, and wake my dad and I up, or just my dad and my grandpa who lived across the street and let us know that we had pigs were out or some of our cattle had gotten out of the pens. and for a farmer, that is a crisis. That's an immediate crisis. And they didn't wake up my mom and they didn't wake up my sisters. They, wake to, they woke up my grandpa, my dad, and me because they knew we would do something about it. Same thing with the disciples they might have been little, had little faith in themselves, but I feel they had a lot of faith in Jesus. Just like in this time of crisis, we have been placed a lot of faith in the leaders of our family, the leaders in our church, the leaders in our community, and the leaders of our country. We have we have put faith in them and we have to, and that's what we have to accept. And I think that's what that's what the disciples did. They had faith in Jesus and his ability. And so when he said, Ye have little faith, they probably had little faith in themselves, but they had a lot of faith in Jesus. I I'm gonna so agree.
2: slightly disagree. <laughs> Um, I, I think I think they had they definitely had faith in Jesus. I think, I, I and and this is the challenge. This isn't it isn't that it isn't that waking up Jesus and bringing this case to Jesus was wrong. It I I think Jesus was saying. Don't don't go crazy. You were you know. And 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 I think I, I turned away. Mark Mark has some more more a little more detail in this, uh, but I think he's saying you, you your faith in me Jesus should be so strong that you shouldn't even be worried. You shouldn't you shouldn't be you shouldn't be fretting. You shouldn't be worrying that this is going to be your last hour. Because it's not. And, and he gets up and, 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 and stills the waters like that. It's an awe. But I, 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 think, I think the point is, and, I, and that's why I say this is a challenge, is that we should be taking a deep breath, looking back, and not looking at the Dow Jones. Not, you know, worrying whether Congress is going to get a bailout to us or not. What we've got to be saying is, Jesus, you've got this. I'm, I'm going to, I'll stay at home and I'll, you know, and I'm probably, because I'm human, I'm probably going to worry. But you really don't want me to worry. You want me to just relax. That's and 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 that's that's kind of the challenge here of because as, as certainly as Westerners, we want to say, we wanna say, yeah, um, I believe in Jesus, but darn I'm I'm going to, you know, I'm 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 gonna get my resume out, or darn I'm 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 going to stock up on, on even even if I don't buy a whole lot of toilet paper, I'm gonna stock up on cleaning supplies I'm gonna make sure I'm covered. And that's that's kind of the, the challenge. He's, jesus is saying your ultimate act of faith is leave it to him and don't worry about you know co- covering it's scary isn't it i'm not, I'm, I'm I can't do it'm I'm, I'm not saying one joke, but I think that's the that's that's where he's pointing to here um and any I mean guys what do you think
5: well i I, I was laughing because the Dow Jones is the last stock index you should ever look at. <laughs> as, as I heard you mention that, um, and and I, I'm on a, I'll be honest: is I can look at it because I was in the industry. I, I remind myself of my son. I don't like watching football with him anymore. He is on staff at a professional level with football, and he is totally dispassionate about anything. So we're we're from Houston, and. For some unknown reason, I'm a Houston Texans fan and I watched our meltdown in the playoffs last year, and my son is there, and I'm screaming at the TV because I'm an emotive sports sports fan. My, my response to the
2: Dow was was an example, not meant to be personal. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. No, and, and I look at and I look at my portfolio too. I'm not yeah. I'm guilty as well. <laughs> yeah.
5: I'm I have the, I'm able to dispassionately look at it, which is good news for me. But but to your point, and I and I think that is that is the serious point here is is you have to be able to look at that, what's going on politically. The numbers from New York or Italy, which quite frankly today is March the 25th, so if anybody wants to go look and see what those are at that moment, which frankly are quite frightening numbers, both of those, um, and, and do sit back and realize, hey, God's in control. And like you said, Steve, and I think this is important too, and this is where the men's lesson come up, is God in control? Absolutely God is in control. Is it prudent for me to have made plans? Yes, it is. So best example, I've got my mom lives in an independent living facility. She's 87. We made the decision two weeks ago before all this went totally off, off the rails, I looked at my oldest son that was separate from us and told him, you are not allowed to come near the rest of the family at this moment and we're not going to go see you because we go take care of some things from a mom and that way at least one of us has, if somebody gets infected, the other group won't get infected to where you're not there. Did we buy stuff? Yeah, actually I bought a toilet pack of toilet paper two weeks ago when we were at the store and we saw things are going now notice I said the 12 pack that we bought is what we normally buy. We bought it maybe a week earlier. And so I wrote a great article and the article went way political and I don't want to go there with it, but I'm going to probably put a blog post together this week on there's two things that I've seen in this crisis as we've gone through it. And I think you see this here with the disciples. You see the panicked disciples in the boat freaking out because, oh my God, we're all gonna drown, we gotta do something, we gotta do something. And so, what do we do? What do we do? do? Wake up Jesus. Okay, we well, wake him up. So wake him up. Jesus is like, Really, guys, really? Please be still. And the way stop. So what I've seen in this crisis is the guy rolling out of Costco with five cases of toilet paper. But I also was on a call yesterday with our youth minister who has had to self-isolate because of reasons and members of our church are going by and picking up groceries and things they need and delivering it to her house. Last week I talked about, she was putting calls out in our Facebook youth group for teenagers to go pick up things that senior citizens need because senior citizens shouldn't be out in the midst of all this and leaving it on their porch for them so they could do that. So what we've seen is we've looked at this, and I think this is, you know, when you look at it, there's two responses to a crisis. One response is, oh, my God, we're all going to die and do whatever. And if you watch the news media, you're going to get fed into that. You know, I've found myself as geeky as I am about news and data and all that. I've even found myself saying, that's enough. I can't take any more. I've had to figure out what specifically am I going to watch, what specifically am I going to look at. And what specifically am I going to listen to every day for just that reason? And then the second one is, how can I help somebody? What do I need to do to be, quote, unquote, adequately prepared or appropriately prepared? Because that appropriate and adequate preparedness is actually part of being a leader. And and God will tell us, be prepared. Be prepared to give an answer. Let that be part of your faith. You know, people see you buying one packet toilet paper when they're buying eight don't you want more no i'm this is what i normally buy so i'm gonna buy what i normally buy for toilet paper you know it gives you an opportunity to have a conversation with someone
1: excellent michael cropper
5: laughing What day were you over at
3: costco <laughs> robert it might have been I me
5: do, i do sam so
3: <laughs> okay yeah uh, i tell you what the uh, what what do we recommend here? Uh, the, uh, the the news, Robert, since you brought up the news, what's going on? Everything I was looking before we started this podcast, and uh, earlier this week, uh, some of the cable networks have been telling the the president to ditch restrictions on staying home and self quarantining, and let the people go back to work. And they've been encouraging him to do that. And he tries to listen to everybody, and tries, from what I can see, he tries to 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 give an opinion that that reflects the people and what might be best for the people. And uh, a little article here says, uh, tra- Trump made his intentions clear Tuesday during a town hall style interview on Fox saying he, he wants to have country, the country open by Easter. But then he also recanted that someone said, I don't know what's going to happen until we get uh, till the end of this month. And, uh, The statements further, were public health officials have opposed such an action, saying it could cause infection rates to soar and overwhelm hospitals and lead to a higher death toll. And then officials also state that even with the Trump administration, have recommended that restrictions remain in place longer. So, you know the famous phrase, "The cure is worse than the disease." uh, Asked Hilton, who is an advisor, David Cameron, when Cameron was Prime Minister. Britain. In other words, if you wait too long uh, trying, I guess, to cure the, the disease, if you wait so long that the people will hurt themselves, because if they're without work long enough, they can be crushed by uh, the closure of businesses and loss of paychecks. And that, of course, I'm speaking to those people who who are not prepared for a crisis, and that's probably the majority of people in the United States. So what what do we tell people around us if they ask us that opinion? I, I I I don't know that I say we need to to keep the quarantine or we need to just wait a couple of weeks and see what's going to happen. Right? That's and when I say that and I say that, that's trusting God. We automatically know that you and I and everybody in this group knows that if we say let's wait and see what happens, we're really saying our hearts. Wait and see if the Lord gives us a direction in this. Even, it be, even, even if it be through the government officials, if it be through uh, uh, the media, whatever. But uh, I, I, I thought that was very interesting because they, again, reemphasize the statement you've heard, the cure is worse than disease, so don't wait too long to keep the people out of work. But yet it seems to be spreading horrendously, like you said, Robert, when you quoted those figures a while ago.
1: Excellent. Uh, Deacon Kyle, uh, your takeaway?
4: Um, just to, to talk on some of the people in the beginning that were buying in, in massive bulk, uh, something that I hadn't thought of until just this conversation here this evening, you know, some of those people do supply your smaller neighborhood corner store. And so they're buying in a larger bulk. I know, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily what they would consider a prepper, that uh, I don't have uh, an entire month's worth of supply of stuff on hand at any given time. But if I ran a business like the Neighborhood Corner Store and I saw this on the horizon, I would be out in the beginning and buying up in bulk to try and supply my store to further supply my people. And of course, we've seen the other side of that where you do have the hoarders where people are sitting on the side that they stocked up on water and toilet paper and they're sitting on the side of the road, taking advantage of others. And that part is not right. You know, but it was just a thought I had, I, I hadn't quite given it that aspect, um, to the lesson here. Uh, the storms will pass, um, make plans for life, you know, um, Several people have been quarantined or kept uh, at home. Uh, The the statistical things, uh, I've seen it on Facebook, you know, uh, gravity was actually, quote unquote, discovered during a quarantine, short as it was, but it gave him the time to sit home and reflect, look, observe, and it cleared his mind of other things because he was just at home. But take that time to better yourself, but the storm will pass. Today, I started making plans. Uh, You know, I'm out, I do events, uh, much like you used to do, Bill. If you were still in your old profession, your whole schedule would be wiped clean, like mine was. Um, But I've started making plans, and I set one for May, And I know that may or may not be kept, but I'm hopeful. And with God in my heart, I know that this will pass. And if I've got to change that and it gets pushed uh, forward to April, because it's lifted early, or it gets pushed to June or July or, God forbid, you know, any of that, that it takes that long. But the storm will pass eventually. Make plans for your future uh what was it uh, build a build a house settle in this may be for a long haul you know we're we're not set up as a society for that uh as they may have been before but it's really not up to us either
1: excellent professor your takeaways from this lesson
5: yeah um first i would tell everyone to if you if you want to hear a lot more of our thoughts on crisis and leadership crisis Go listen to podcast twenty two. That was the one we did post Harvey, where we told all of our Hurricane Harvey stories. So encourage everybody to go listen to that. And really, my take is really just the bottom line of God's in control. No matter what else is happening, no matter what else is going on, you know. And it's hard. It is hard to sit there and, like Steve said, watch your portfolio plummet. Or you know, in my case, I'm I'm actually. I can actually be out and about during the quarantine because I work for an essential business. I work for a midstream oil company, meaning we move the oil around, but um, watching the price of oil go down and wonder, you know, I'm in the oil business. What's going to happen with that? You know, it's hard to do that. You know, if you're um, worried about your wedding, worried about your um, graduation, you know, people that were looking for jobs when this started, Pretty much everybody's slowed down and they're not really doing anything anymore hiring wise. So a lot of that is scary, but it's hard, but do take a moment and remember God is in control. God controls the storm.
1: Excellent. Uh, Your takeaway, Michael Cropper.
5: Thank you,
3: Bill. Um, Folks, uh, being afraid or getting angry those are normal emotions. I want to bring you back to one example in the Old Testament where Elijah faced the uh, 450 prophets of Baal, and he faced them on the mountain, and when they confronted each other, he asked God to, to verify who he was, that in fact he was a prophet of the Most High God. And he did this by putting out an offering honor God and the prophets of Baal put out their offering to honor Baal and he prayed to God and uh, he let them first pray to their God Baal to to take up the sacrifice that they were offering to him to show all the people of Israel when all the people were worshiping Baal or a lot of them were and and nothing happened when the prophets of Baal prayed to God Uh, when Elijah said God okay it's your time Show them that you're God. God uh, sent a bolt of lightning fire, which took up the, uh, the offering and all the water around it and all the uh, altar itself. So God gave Elijah a great, great, great delivery there and uh, just great victory. And then he ordered that all the prophets of Baal be taken and be cast off the mountain and die. So some 450 prophets died. So he had a tremendous victory in the hands of God and before all the Jew, all the people of Israel. And in turn, they began to worship God again. But a short time later, Jezebel sent a messenger to him and said, I'm going to kill you if you're around tomorrow. If I can find you, I'm going to destroy you. Uh, and, and should he have let that bother him? Absolutely not. But after many times, after you have a big mountaintop, it's not unusual to be weak. And so he ran and ran and ran and hid from Jezebel, a single person, after God had just delivered him from 450 prophets of Baal. So we have a weakness. And what I'm getting at here is I'm thinking about the, the, the disciples. When they're coming across the Sea of Galilee and the storm comes up, Jesus has just delivered them or delivered legion from many, many demons on the other side in the, in the, in the uh, land of Gadarenes. So they saw a great, great, great deliverance that, that Jesus did when they got in the boat and came back across the sea. Uh, I, I, I suppose they're weak. They, they, they could have been weak. They could have been fearful. Anyway, it's not unusual to be weak. It's not unusual to get angry or fear. Just don't continue on that line. Ask God to deliver you. And as 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 a uh, Kyle, so aptly said. Uh, focus again on God. Focus on hope, uh, trust in the Bible, and set a goal out in front of you to take your mind off the situation that you're in at the present time.
1: Excellent. Uh, your takeaway, Mr. Steve Titch.
2: Wrapping things up. a eh? Really, uh, it's, it's kind of what Kyle, Kyle, Kyle said it well. Um, he, you know, it will get past this. I think in the end, you know, trying to see the Lord's work in all of this, um, the, last, the last three or four years in this country has been uh, just, it's been silly season um I, I, I you know no matter where you're coming from i think I, I hope you'll at least agree with me on that no matter what side you're on it's been out and out silly season um we're getting something that's once again focusing our attention on what's important and it's amazing how fast other things that we've been you know that have been you know getting our media attention be it a rather cumbersome presidential election, be it whether you know who's going to who's you know who's Garrett Cole going to be pitching for, which that, that was resolved, or you know all all of that, which supposedly was taking up our attention. Now I think we're 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 getting into we're seeing in sharp relief what's important, and a lot of it a lot of it is biblical in that sense is that we're we're seeing a lot of people who we barely look at from day to day being so important very right now the janitors the nurses the truck drivers uh, you know it's not not the guy who's you know paid a million dollars to talk on ESPN as to whether Baylor or Kansas has the best basketball team in the country and do it for an hour and with respect to Robert, I, who's, I know your son is, son is in the business and I know you're a big sports, but, but now, you know, it's like where, you know, who are the important people in our lives right now and how can we help them and how can we be grateful for them? And, and I think we're, we're seeing that and I think that's in some ways we're seeing some kingdom work there. Uh, and now the question for us, you know, is are we going to get on board with it? Uh, are we Are we going to be ready to help them. Uh, are we ready to, you know, do our part? Uh, they, they, Bill, will be the leaders now. Um, they will be setting an example. Uh, the, you know, the truck driver who is out there, the 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 I'm, saying, I'm not kidding, the janitor who is now really the one who is cleaning the shopping carts, cleaning the services. Making things possible, so eventually we can go back to work. And uh, so there we are. And and so back to this: the storm will pass, but we may see a lot of new things in a in a in a different light when it does.
1: Excellent, and uh, we're so glad that you've joined us for uh, podcast number one forty six. I know the professor alluded to podcast number 22, we archive all of our podcasts on SoundCloud. So you can go on SoundCloud, look up uh, Man Up Spiritual Oasis, and then you can scroll through and find our podcast number 22. What I wanted to, excellent points by all of the panel, and thank you so much, not only for the fellows here for joining in, but also for you for listening. And Of course, we are a faith-based broadcast and we want each and every one of you to trust God. But also in the middle of the crisis, I just want to reiterate one thing. Anxiety takes a lot of effort. You are being looked on as a man, as a leader during this crisis. Anxiety will take effort but additionally, it bears a bitter fruit for those of you that you lead. So thank you for, so much for joining us. <clears throat> we are on iHeartRadio. We're on um, Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts. We are, of course, on SoundCloud. We have a Facebook page at man-up. And we also have a website at man up spiritual oasis.com where you can get a hold of us, send us a comment or a question, be more than happy to answer that on this very podcast. I want to invite each and every one of you to live stream a local Bible-based church. And when they open up, we encourage you to go and be a part of. A adult Bible fellowship or a Sunday school class. Why local? So you'll go and participate and find a men's only group. <clears throat> and if there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man
0: Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You've got
1: I want the truth. You can't handle the truth.
0: Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men.
2: If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You
0: can contact us on Facebook under Man Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.